Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the podcast. The Back to Warcraft podcast is covering everything on uh, Warcraft 3, whether it be Blizzard and the development of this beautiful game, uh, War 3 Champions development, which is oftentimes more to talk about than the Blizzard uh, rumors, of course. We talk esports, we talk grassroots initiatives, we talk community uh, topics. So yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. Two full pages um, of Word Docs. First of all, Thank you for the warm welcome for this podcast, episode 38, I think this is, or 39. Kind of beautiful uh, that you missed it, that you think that it's worth it, and uh, that you're listening to me, hopefully every single week. I saw a Reddit thread feedbacking that you're very, very glad to have this back, even though, uh, to be honest, the viewer and listener numbers don't really suggest it. But for the hardcore fans, I think this is kind of fine. For the hardcore fans that don't have the time to scroll through every single Reddit thread, uh, social post, and Discord channel. So yeah, glad you like it. Uh, I saw that ideally you want this to be a Warcraft version of the Pylon show, which is a StarCraft format where every single week new people are joining the host, which is Rotterdam, or prior to this, Artosis. Um, this is kind of tricky, because our Warcraft scene... Uh, it's kind of, of course, small, so there's not too many people that you can invite to this. You need to have people who know what they're talking about, and they have to have good audio quality and time. So, this kind of tricky to organize, and at the moment there's a, there's a lot going on uh, for us to work on. So, definitely plan for the future. In the near future, kind of... Too much work, I think, to make it work. But the ultimate goal for this is to become something like the Pylon Show. We're recording this uh, on May 3rd, so we don't really know what's happening after. But it was kind of cool already to see you guys uh, answering my idea to community balance. Because that was one of the biggest talking points in the last episode. And it got a lot of positive feedback. If you compare this to, for example, StarCraft Remastered, where the entire scene said, leave it as it is, Blizzard. Don't do anything with my game. It's a beautiful game. Don't change anything. We're in the Warcraft scene. We've always been a little more progressive. And that goes to show that we want more. We want new stuff. We want to keep it fresh. This is also showcased in your love for the new maps because every single week in the Back to Warcraft Weekly Cup, where at the end of the Weekly Cup, you got the chance to vote out maps, you keep the new maps in every single time. You want more variety. You want things a little bit more crazy. Um, random Heroes is very beloved. Random game modes in general are very beloved. So I got a comment on YouTube by Marcel. He says... Don't listen to the uh, haters of community balance patches. Dawn of War 2 uses community patches for years now, and it's much better for it. The situation is quite similar to Warcraft 3. The publisher was a fumbling idiot. Sega tried to act surprised. And the only thing they ever did was to slap their logo on to the booting screen or the, yeah, the loading screen and make uh, a playable single-player map slightly worse. The community, meanwhile, added new maps, new units, and a whole new playable faction, all while keeping up with the balance. If the same thing happens to Warcraft 3, I'd be more than pleased. I think this goes a little far, but it's cool to see that community patches have worked in the past. 
for Age of Empires and also Dawn of War, as balance is, of course, very, very important for a strategy game, um, as you all know. So I read all your feedback very, very carefully, and I think there is a, of course, there's never a pure consensus in a scene, but for a scene as large as ours is, there is a general consensus. Yeah, it's a good idea, but do it very carefully. And I agree. I think I said this in essence last time already. Um, baby steps first, and then after years we can get crazy. And I kind of set myself a date to this now. So as I said last time, apparently Blizzard is working on something, and the 20th birthday of Warcraft 3 is in two months, exactly to the date, two months. So, ah, uh, that's a Sunday, I think, so it's kind of hard to announce anything there. But if they are not releasing or announcing or reaching out for the entirety of July, when it's the 20th anniversary of this game, then that's a sign to me that they will never do anything of value anymore. And my day to start slowly working on this balance patch initiative, whether it be to build a council or whatever, um, what the right approach is, we will see, is then August 1st. If nothing's happening until August 1st, we have to take action. So it's kind of a deadline on Blizzard. We got them uh, almost at gunpoint here, but yeah. Let's see how this goes. Um, some people from the Mapmakers community reached out because if you remember, a few months ago, Grubby did a what would I do in balance video and the Mapmakers actually made a playable version. I wonder if the approach by Grubby was a little too progressive and a little too much, but we can set this as a foundation or test stuff on that. It seems like it's not too hard to make this community balance. So I think it's a positive sign in the general direction to see that the community is up for it, that we all can agree to how to approach things, and then it comes down to details, which will, of course, uh, cause a lot of discussion. But that was cool to see. And that you don't shut down this idea because it's a very risque idea. If, if you open up this can of balance uh, or community balance once, you can't close it anymore. It's out there. Uh, you got to stick with it and got to make it work somehow. So I guess we're here to stay though. So might be the right approach. This podcast is titled at the moment, Wild Rumors to Discuss. And this is something I've never seen anywhere else. It was shared to me in private. Uh, or, by the, or how do I say this? I, I got a message from Insane Monster one day. I think it was a Sunday or whatever. Out of, out of nowhere. We are talking uh, quite a bit. Who is Insane Monster? Insane Monster is the creator of Warcraft Re-Reforged. That is a uh, custom campaign that I played a bit on Creepjack, for example. It's basically um, a single man doing with the Reforged campaign what we expected Blizzard to do with the Reforged campaign. It's insane what this guy is doing. For example, new cutscenes, different angles, additional lore, additional challenges uh, on the maps, but 
always making sure that he's faithful to the original, just ports it into mm, a more modern environment. For example, you got like boss fights that are a little similar to what StarCraft 2 did in the campaign, which is really, really cool, really, really fun to play. So I like this initiative a lot. So Insane Monster reached out and he says, it's a direct quote, basically. Uh, the HD community, that is the community that uses reforged assets for stuff like the Reforged campaign. The HD community is worried that given the large amount of complaints on Reforged by the melee community base and the fact that Blizzard is probably doing something, it could mean they remove the HD assets entirely and the entire ecosystem around it, which would mean de facto killing this community. So what he suggests is, and what he what people are worried about is that the reforged assets completely get scrapped and deleted. And instead there's going to be some sort of SD plus, like an upscaled Warcraft three graphic, uh, more faithful to the original, uh, but, but less detailed. And that this is being implemented instead of SD. Uh, in, instead of HD. And him reaching out to me shows that there is quite some concern, otherwise he wouldn't do it. Mm. Insane Monster is quite well connected by now. I mean, he was featured heavily in some online news. He got articles about him. Bellular News has made a video about him and his project. There was also uh, Dave the Designer, who's formerly working for Blizzard and uh, doing some YouTube content now around... Walker 3 and the creation, etc., etc., as well as uh, Cam Ghoststeer, who you know from the Reddit forums, who was the only person during Reforge development to talk to us a little bit, also on this channel. So I can only imagine him being as well connected as it gets. So that's the rumor SD plus instead of Reforge graphics. Would this be good and is it realistic? Would this be good? Very likely so. If you stay faithful to the graphics of Walker 3 and use better graphics, everybody would be happy if you can recognize the units, if everything is readable, but it all looks better and it has more pixels than the original Walker 3 from 20 years ago, just like uh, the 2D games have it like Starcraft and Diablo where they did stay faithful to the design but also 2D a lot easier to remaster than 3D that could look very very nice that could add to, to the longevity of the game but that is so much work you could automate it I guess, with some sort of AI. AI upscaling is a thing. You would need to upscale every single model and asset that's in the editor. That is thousands and thousands of assets. We haven't had anything in a year and we had like 
that that was of course the topic of last podcast that it was just the last balance patch that's over a year ago the last substantial patch is even longer ago so they did have some time but there was also chaos in the community or in 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 the company sorry um so did they use the entire one and a half years or almost two years since reforged launch to make this right <laughs> i To me, very unlikely. And this was this would also be something that Blizzard never did. And that is admitting defeat. What they did was wrong. And it just doesn't work whatever you do. You can't patch it anymore. It's completely broken. It's complete horseshit. Scratch it. It's for the better. This would also mean, probably, that the Reforged launcher or the Reforged game itself would become a lot lighter not the what is it 35 gigabyte that it is now if you get rid of all the hd assets so i can see this it would of course be kind of sad to all the projects like re-reforged if this is all scratched and broken because of a possible uh, graphic asset deletion by blizzard the best thing would be probably to do it and to give us SD+. And then during the install, make it optional. What do you want to install? Classic should always be there. Uh, be there. Do you want Reforged graphics? Do you want SD+, graphics? Do you not need it? Well, make it optional, you know? Making optional is always a good thing. But yeah, this could also lead to new desync problematics. I don't know, man. I don't know. And I don't see Blizzard admitting defeat. Final Fantasy did it. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, the online thing. They saw, okay, our game is broken. It doesn't work. We're going to shut everything down. We're going to remake everything. That was nice. But Blizzard is going, in general, into a better direction, I think. The WoW add-on kind of suggests that the n newly announced one. Overwatch, not too much. But in general, you have a feeling that things are getting slowly but steady better at Blizzard. That would, of course, be another um, nice touch and another step back into the direction. But what are the odds for this to happen? 1%. I just wanted to mention it because I clearly... Like, I asked if I'm allowed to talk about it. I said, yeah, go ahead, man. Um, and just so you heard it. And when they really do this on July 3rd or 4th or 5th or whatever, I can say that we reported first. That's why I picked up this topic here for today and the podcast in general. Interesting idea, though. I never thought about it, that it would be possible to add an SD plus graphic. And I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere, really, uh, as a realistic approach to things. So... Cool idea. If that's really what they do, kudos to them. But yeah, let's let's not uh, let's not get too crazy. Shout out to Insane Monster for somewhat uh, sharing this with me, and shout out for his work. The Reforge campaign is really, really, really good, and I'm a Patreon of that work. And I don't want to spoil anything, but what I read from his recent developers updates. I'm very much looking forward to the future of Reforged. 
especially some... Ah, I won't spoil it. You will see it. Once once it's out there, you will see it. But the future of Reforge, man. Wow, this guy is an absolute insane monster indeed. So. I don't think there's any feedback on this. So. That was the wild rumor. That is the clickbait title. Uh, that everybody loves so much for this podcast. It's a rumor, needs addressing, off we go. So next topic here, a little bit more on the eSports side of things. Um, ESL Meisterschafts Finals, that's uh, happening this weekend. I'll be in Cologne alongside Remo and New Hero and Slash. New Hero being our observer, Slash and Remo casting with me in uh, the studio you know from the previous Meisterschafts finals. This time it's a little different because three out of four players will also be there. X-Lord, Van and Francis will make the trip to Berlin and be there with us. So there is a chance that there is actually a player lifting the trophy, which uh, will make these entire finals a lot better already. Only Todd is staying at home, unfortunately. I don't know... Uh, if he's busy the days around it or if he just doesn't want to. I didn't really investigate the matter there. Uh, poor journalism here. Would have been cool to have Todd there as well, but I can totally see that being a full-time streamer, uh, this trip basically cuts one day off of your streaming. Uh, the travel on Friday and then the travel back on Sunday. But yeah, very excited because for the first time since season one, we have a new finalist in Francis. And he's going to challenge X-Lord in the semi-final where we have Todd versus Van. It's the rematch from last season semi-final where Todd was successful and became the vice champion. Will it be X-Lord again? I think it's very likely, but this will probably be his toughest challenge to date in a semi-final. Because he doesn't like the matchup versus Orc too much. Francis already took some maps off of him. He's super strong when it comes to the matchup versus Undead. He's really good at hero focusing. So I can see Francis stirring it up there a little bit. This is hopefully going to be the um, one of the most exciting finals since the first one. I think the first ones were still the best. But yeah. Being with the boys in Berlin is always special, even though we're not in the center of Berlin, but Spandau, I know to all the Berlin people around there, it's not really Berlin, but this is an international audience. Nobody knows what Spandau is. It's close to Berlin. You get it. So I thought my task is, of course, to deliver a great uh, show and casting, etc. Have some fun. I also want to start vlogs. We got two offline events in one month. That is... ESL Meisterschaft in Berlin and Experion in Cologne, Experion 5. And I wanted to start vlogs, just use my camera, no fancy equipment, uh, just, you know, what musicians do on YouTube, um, what some other content creators do while you're traveling, record what's happening and then out of Warcraft we'll cut it together in a nice way. Uh, so this will be, this will be quite cool. I'm very much looking forward to this. And hopefully something funny comes out of it. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, we'll just get dinner with the boys, have a cheeky drink or two after the finals, and have a good time with Angelo, our host, who 
has to change up his preparation a little bit with Franz's in and Ente not making it to the top four. But yeah, did we talk about Experian too much last time? I'm not 100% sure. We had the first qualifier yesterday and Todd actually qualified. So Todd is back to one-on-one, -on -one, which is super cool to see after playing so much four and four and maybe in preparation for Meisterschaft's finals. Um, he will be the 11th player in the lineup alongside Starbuck, Krav, Side, Kevin, Scars, Van. The lineup for Experion is really good. Like, this is probably the best lineup we ever had. Uh, he was defeating, or he did defeat Sasuke in the finals, who I really hope will make it again, because he brings me Fla every time, which is like drinkable pudding from the Netherlands, and that is insane. Hippo is going to make the way as well. Leon is coming along, so shout out Joker as well. So the two Night Elf brothers are back. In Cologne. Very much looking forward to this. Experion always one of the best events, and this time we organize everything a little more uh, strictly, and the organization is in general more organized. So this will hopefully be a better event for all of you guys. And of course, there I'll try to get a vlog as well, because that is the perfect scenario with 12 players and probably five casters there as well. And I might even have some time to not uh, do a 12-hour cast, but rather uh, do some content behind the scenes. We'll talk about 12-hour casts later, but another league or tournament that I want to plug is W3NL Finals, Nations League. You wanted me to talk about this for, like, last time already. There, I had to cut it a little short because we were running one and a half hours plus. So, Nations League. It was the tournament that I anticipated most at the end of 2021, going into 2022. We did cover a bit, unfortunately not as much as I wanted. So um, the group stage is over and we have our four semi-finalists. It's going to be China versus Korea and Germany versus Poland. So shout out to Poland for making it. I don't think too many people expected Poland to get out of the group stage because they were in group A. Uh, China won group A. But in that group as well was... Sweden, where Thorsen was coming back for a short period of time. France, that on paper have, of course, juggernauts like Krav and uh, Todd, and also Wiz is super good and sad, never to be underestimated. But France couldn't really make it, unfortunately. Only rank four. Just couldn't get the points, I guess. Uh, Poland was better. Is there a Standout result. It was just solid victories by Poland across the board, except against China. Congrats to that. Big point scorer, of course, uh, a terror, as so often. But yeah, the Polish team, not to be underestimated. They'll be up against Germany, who uh, pretty much dominated Group B being flawless 4-0 just like China in the other group with 5-0 was a, a nice match against South Korea Spiral just destroying uh, Lukael 
And the two and two was a nice back and forth as well between Lukael and Zealous versus Ido and Scars. In general, good games, fun clan wars. Unfortunately, um, lots of scheduling issues. And I hope that will be fixed for, I think the tournament dates are, like the semifinal dates are May 21 and 22. And then the final hopefully May uh, 29 or something. Because I think every single clan war I casted had postponed matches. And that took away a lot of the fun of this competition. Of course, the Russia vs. Ukraine war also took a lot of fun away from this as these uh, nations were in one group. And then eventually uh, Russia, uh, Russia wasn't allowed to attend and to play. But yeah, that, that flawed the competition already. Um, but once it was going, I think we had some promising clan wars. But scheduling, for me as a caster, was absolutely horrible. I had no idea most of the time when these clan wars are happening. Except if I asked specifically. But there was a lot of work as well. And then we started to cast the clan war. And then I realized, okay, two games are postponed. One player is not here. Everything is delayed. That was not fun, unfortunately. Um, it's not really down to the organizers because it's way more important to have the games played out. But from a broadcast perspective alone, that didn't really work too well, unfortunately. And that is not only a flaw of Nations League. That's a flaw of every single clan competition. It seems to be too much to ask to get three people of each team on one day and one date together. I can totally get this if it's like Brazil versus China. That was the weirdest um, time zones. They did somewhat make it work though. I also understand that this is not our full-time job, the, the players' full-time jobs mostly. And they do this next to hobbies and their job and real life, etc. But yeah, I do understand all these points, but it kind of killed the hype for me a little. Um, that everything, like sometimes I had to wait a week for game three and four of a clan war to happen uh, to then edit the two matches together and upload it to YouTube. Like, this is also from a um, broadcast monetary perspective. Really not that cool. So I hope that for the semifinals and the grand finals, nothing will be postponed. We can cast all of them in like four to five hours, hopefully, and have a good time casting Nations League because I still think from a um, content point of view, this can be one of the standout formats that we have in the entire scene. In any RTS, basically. So, yeah. Hope this will be improved um, for the semis and hopefully also for a possible third edition. That's Nations League. I don't have any specific drama, I guess. Um, well, there was this X-Lord story once again, but should that surprise us by now? I don't think so. So there was the clan war of Germany versus South Korea. A super hype clan war. And we got the most hype match that the seeding could have possibly given us in X-Lord versus Chemico. And that was supposed to start 
the clan war, but uh, Lukail, who is the team manager for South Korea, noticed or let us know that uh, Chemiko at the start time of the clan war was still on the way home and would need 30 minutes. And Exlord saw that and left. And okay, I'm out then. So after 50 minutes of the opponent uh, not appearing, you can call for a death win. But yeah, Exlord just left and the quit lord was back for once. In the end, it didn't matter because Germany got all the points they needed anyway to win the match and therefore the group and got the top seed to not play against China in the semifinals, but rather against Poland. But it was, once again, we started this, we saw the lineup, we were all hyped, chat was hyped, and then this clownery happened again. Um, shout out to the Orgas, who somehow still made this work. But yeah, kind of ruined. But, I mean, Xlord does what Xlord does, I guess. Uh, what, what can I still say about this? I don't know. We get along kind of nicely on a personal level, but whenever it's about tournaments and organizing and scheduling and showing up, etc., we have uh, different opinions. But I still haven't heard if he was busy or something. There was no real explanation given unless I'm out. Anyway, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Shout out to Spiral, though. That was a sick performance. All right, there is a lot of grassroots coming up, by the way. Like we just finished Gym Newbie League. <laughs> we just finished Gym Newbie League on Saturday with a 10 hour broadcast, I think it was. Uh, the team Superstars in Training versus Team Wild Fish. Superstars in Training were able to take it. And it was super cool. This season lasted like six weeks or seven weeks even. And for the final, the grand final that was played for the first time, um, we changed the format a bit. Before Injim Newbie League, as it's clearly a hobby and grassroots initiative, um, you get the matches on Monday usually and then you have the entire week to schedule it with your opponent. When will you play? So it's not like clan wars are supposed to be that all games are played at one specific day, but the players uh, then care for themselves basically. So for the final, we switched that a little and we tried to play as many games as possible back to back. And that was so cool. We had nine games in this match between the two teams and f more than half of them were played live and also in super quick uh, succession all these guys were there in time hosted already when th the match before that was gone all the map picks and bands were done we had zero downtime at this broadcast phenomenal phenomenal orga work by baron shout out to the players for all signing up and be there and bringing a show we had some super fun games, wild turnarounds, also like on maps and also during that clan war. Uh, it's 
started with a 3-0 for one team and then uh, that's of course a three-point lead immediately and then the other team got some 2-1 victories so slowly but steady they were crawling towards an equalizer and it was so that was that's the essence what clam was all about there was a clear storyline i was long entertained was a clear storyline in that match and that why that's why a lot of people followed it even though it was just around 1500 mmr that's how clan wars can work out that was super fun in general i said this last week already but my time with gnl uh, was just the best i can't wait to sign up for season 10 and I also had a fun cast. Cubert was joining me for a long time. Baron was joining me, uh, who is like the commissioner of Jim Newby League. <laughs> and I loved it. Baron is so um, dedicated as well. I just love it. So we had this 10-hour broadcast for GNL. And usually it was a Saturday. And usually on Saturday night, there is the Jim King of the Hill. Super fun. Uh, you just sign up and you challenge the king and Baron is casting it. Usually uh, leads to long broadcasts and it's one of my favorite Saturday evening stay-at-home entertainment formats there are. So I said, Baron, it's Saturday. After this 10-hour GNL broadcast, are you going to do King of the Hill? And he was hesitating a little, but we had like 1,200 viewers or something. So I know if I raid his channel, there will be games. Um, and people will want to play. This madman casted King of the Hill for 12 hours. <laughs> right after uh, the long GNL final. That was nice. That was super nice. So yeah, shout out GNL for this season. Uh, you guys did amazing. And yeah, more grassroots. There is, of course, the Back to Warcraft Weekly Cup. Every Friday, you can sign up for that at cup.backtowarcraft.com. Um, but there's more. There is, for example, the Fountain of Manor League. The sign-up is live. We talked about this last time a little bit as well, but I think the sign-up wasn't 100% live yet. I signed up. Um, it's one of these leagues where you sign up, you mention your account, and then you get seated in a group of probably eight players that have the same or around the same MMR that you have. So not a team league, but a solo league. Uh, but still... Maybe an entry for some too competitive. Um, and more competitive is always good. There is... <laughs> from the highest of highest levels of the War 3 Champions ladder, like let's say DICE who participated in the season final, um, to the very lowest level. Everybody is craving for some participations. We already have 88 signups. This is amazing. I will be playing. Carson will be playing. Uh, you should be playing as well. So from the Team League, Jim Newby League, into the Fountain of Mana League. Very excited to be there. And then there's Sparta. Sparta does three things in very quick succession. Uh, this, this week there is the Peon Cup, which is an initiative for all the players below 1500 MMR. I will do my best to play that if time allows it. So that's cool. As I said, uh, Sparta just released... An entire roadmap, we broke that down recently uh, in the last episode. Then on May 14, which is next week, he has the Spartans Cup. 
for all players below 2050 MMR with a $100 prize pool. That's pretty great, actually. And similar to Fountain of Mana League, Sparta also has the Spartans League. You can sign up for that at warcraft3.info. Similar uh, system, Spartans League 11. Sign up and you will be seated against players of your MMR and play your competitive Warcraft League if you feel like it. If you, if I inspired you to finally grab up that old gem and uh, learn how to play it probably. And yeah, love it. Love Creep Camp. Love everything Sparta does. Love GNL. Love Fountain of Mana. That's pretty damn dope what's happening there currently. Whew. Okay, 36 minutes. That was basically everything that happened last week. Except one topic. And that topic is uh, Foggy's fundraiser that started last Saturday in a show match versus Moon. You can uh, already say that we gathered $8,210 for humanitarian help uh, for refugees in uh, Ukraine, Poland, and Romania. So we'll talk about that a little bit and a lot of things that revolve around that including the question uh, why we are not banning all Russians, for example. So that's a big topic. It's a serious topic. I will take a little break. And then we'll discuss all of this. Or you get my insight, my perspective on things like this. So I wonder how long that will take. But be right back, guys. Um, okay, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is uh, the 38th episode, I think. And I kind of forgot we had a couple of other show matches here as well. Um, not only the Foggy vs. Moon show match, which we will discuss at length, but also the show cup continued. And it was probably the most anticipated show cup to date because it was Happy versus Lin. As I said last time, they changed a little bit. I think everybody who wants to stream the matches also has to participate. This is why we had TED playing against Happy. This is why we had uh, Lin now playing against Happy. And this is probably the two best players in the world at the moment clashing. And it was a super cool match. Especially Twisted was bonkers. Turtle Rock was also very crazy with a plus 42 Farsia. And also Lin playing... Um, a Blade Master for once, which worked really, really well. Happy one in the end, four to two. It wasn't the legendary encounter. I think their game in uh, Rejuve Cup was better, but it was still a must-see for all Warcraft fans. It uh, was quite insane. Indeed. So 4-2 for Happy there, making sure um, that after winning against 1-0 and Lin in the span of seven days, back-to-back, -back, that he's the best gamer on the planet right now, the best Warcraft gamer on the planet. 100%. He also had a match against Sho uh, Soin, who, of course, had that game tape to study. Um, worth noting that against Lin, Happy played Lich first on Echo Isles, so a very new approach, which we haven't seen before. Linden tried to break it uh, with Farsia Fire Lord, which was a crazy tug of war that Happy eventually decided for himself. 
So then came Happy versus Soin. And oh boy. Um, it is number... I don't know how often they played against each other. Uh, five times already in the span of these show matches. Let me count that real quick. I think... Oh, three times then. No, there was more. One, two, three... That was the fourth time. Okay. Plus, of course, the War 3 Champions Finals, they played against each other. Uh, happy... <laughs> um, happy usually doesn't do too good. Against Soen. I think Soen is the player in the world that takes the most maps off of Happy. And it was, once again, a super close match. Loved that encounter on Monday. Of course, all the hype was with Happy Lin, but also Happy Soen. Was also a 4 to 2, with Soen winning uh, Turtle Rock and Autumn Leaves. So Happy seems to have a little weakness against Orc on Autumn Leaves. There was an incident, though, on Echo Isles, which we kind of have to discuss. So Echo Isles, we knew from Happy versus Lin that Happy experiments with Lich first Expo on Echo Isles and was very successful against Lin. So in knowing this, decided to go for an ultra outside-the-box um, Farsia double Rex Headhunter. So an all-in tier one against Happy's Lich expansion, which on paper, very good solution to that. Nice cheese, exactly how a strategy game is meant to be played, right? A little bit of rock, paper, scissors. Unfortunately, the main streamer was Ted. It was all played on War 3 Champions uh, on fair conditions. The main streamer Ted had hard lags, so he got out of the game to not interfere with the game, to not cause a lag or anything. Happy thought, well, now there's no streamer in the game because he didn't know that I was in. And he probably didn't know that uh, between us streamers, whether it be uh, Back to Warcraft and uh, Slash or Ted or TH or whoever, we all have a silent agreement to allow restreaming between each other because it's just, you know, that's what you do. Uh, friendly... Um, supporting each other. That's what the scene does, right? That's what you're supposed to do. No exclusivity or anything. But instead of pausing the game and checking things out in a, I don't know, WeChat or um, Nettie's chat or any sort of other chat, Happy paused the game, Happy closed the game and said, oh, we have to replay probably. Already not not a great move. Soen had no real say in it. He said, okay, of course, but um, wasn't really necessary to restart this. But they did. It was very unfortunate because it was such a cool strategy. And then, of course, Happy knew that the Farsia mass headhunters from two racks is a possibility. And they replayed Echo Isles and Happy changed to DK Tedfiends as the counter to the mass headhunters. So in stuck with the mass headhunters, walked basically into nowhere. It was still great matches. But playing that regame, knowing that the cheese is coming, and switching the strategy, not the coolest move. That felt a little fishy, all of it. Then the organizer said, well, 
that we count this as an exhibition match and uh, you play the way you played the first time you met on Echo Isles with the Lich expansion against Fast MS Headhunters and then they've played it out. But, I mean, the idea was already planted in Happy's head. Happy knows once a strategy is out how to respond to it and we never got to see if Happy had held that initial push by being surprised, by maybe being overwhelmed. So yeah, Shade. Shades on that show match. Happy still won 4-2, basically 5-2. But yeah, that happened on Monday. It was a cool chat, though, um, during that show match. Everybody was cheering for so and so often. And then this was the kind of drama that's nice. Different opinions clashing. No big ill attempt or anything. It was just also worth discussing. And it was an interesting situation that we haven't had in a long time. So I like that. Uh, it was controversial, of course. But it was an interesting discussion that we haven't had in a long time. I think. So... So when wins most matches versus happy, not focus. Um, we can check, I guess. I would say it's so in winning more matches. He's thirty-four to seventeen against so in, and ninety-four to seventy-nine. Okay, might might as well be focus then as well. But similar, similar. But Soen definitely overperforming against Happy. I think that's for sure. So, yeah, let's go. Let's let's go to the final topic. Um, on one side, the coolest topic we can discuss. On the other side, the most sensitive and also saddest topic we can discuss, because uh, it's about Foggy versus Moon. Foggy reached out to me said, Hey, Neo, do you want to do a show match series? Um, to gather funds to help people uh, that are affected by the Russian invasion in Ukraine. And I said, dude, you don't have to ask twice. I'm in 100%. Let's go. Let's do it. And relatively quick, Moon said, I'm totally down. Let's do this. And we also found a date super quickly. And the matches were pretty great. Prior to the show match, uh, Moon donated $2,000 to the cause, which is insane. Um, he's far away. He's not that effective as affected as we are here in uh, Europe and CIS. Still, $2,000 to the cause and that jump-started a crazy fundraiser that ended up at $8,210. I did not expect this at all. Um, and Foggy didn't either. So we played the matches. I thought it's going to be very cheesy, very fun. You know, there's not much uh, to gain because, of course, they had no prize money to play for. Rather, honor uh, and just joy for the viewers. I had... A lot of joy casting this. Because it was a very diverse mirror. 
I think we haven't seen a single bear mirror. It was always either Podum and similar, or not not similar, but different types of pushes. Or it was something like Talons versus Bears, etc. In the end, Foggy won 3-2. to two. You should check this out, man. That was great games. Like Podum Alchemist, Podum Solo, uh, Demon Hunter, Naga Keeper, Tri-Hero, Last Refuge especially. Great match. Uh, so lots of fun was had. $8,210. Insane. As so often, this community, when it comes to fundraising and important causes, out of this world great. Out of this world great. Similarly to the fundraiser we did for HOT, uh, and of course all the tournament fundraisers as well. I don't want to belittle that at all, but um, that is of course a very, very different reason to do a fundraiser. Also, of course, as I said, super cool move by Moon. Uh, his team was promoting the initiative as well. And it's also nice to see that the Koreans in general are involved in such things. Same as the donations they did in the fundraiser for HOT. So that shows that we are a pretty tight community. Um, I actually talked to Hero Marine quite a bit. Because he's oftentimes at the Experion. Hero Marine, a top four finisher of Extreme Masters Katowice in StarCraft 2. And for them, it's very, very different. They don't really talk with the Koreans at all. It's a very separate scene there. And yeah, I don't talk to someone like Focus uh, on a daily basis, but we all take care of each other. We're always listening um, to each other, what's happening at your side of the planet, uh, you know. It's not separate at all. It is It is a global scene, pretty much. So having them supporting our initiatives speaks for the scene. So that was nice. So that was a nice uh, side of things. All proceeds will be going to the initiative Help Ukraine Center, who have some uh, logistic centers, as I said, in Poland, Romania, and also the Ukraine. So humanitarian help, food, clothes, uh, medicine, you know, hygiene articles, etc., etc., uh, will be delivered to the people that absolutely need it. And it was great that we uh, could come together and help out a bit there. This topic is, of course, very, very, very sensitive. Because it's a fucking war in in Europe, very close to us. We're all affected by this. Um, but also, especially for us, in the Warcraft scene, we've been a scene together, while in, in other games it's EU and CIS, it's like separate. In our Warcraft scene, in the past 10 years, we've been one scene, like at least from my perspective, in the eyes of a lot of people, everybody was cheering uh, for Happy during his WGL run, his first one where he won. Everybody was cheering for Foggy. Everybody was also cheering for Hawk at WEC. Um, so CIS and, and Europe were always close together. Also in organizing tournaments. Um, we always talked to the CIS organizers. They always invited us to their tournaments. We invited them to their tournaments. It's... We were very tight-knit. I mean, essentially, I traveled the world with these guys. 
with a Foggy, with a Hawk, with a Sonic, with a Neutron. And now all of a sudden, their countries are at war. It's a, not to be disrespectful or to use back, uh, weird words, but it's it's really it's an odd feeling. It's obviously not right. Um, and it was very all of a sudden. Of course, it's been dawning for eight years. But if we rewind time to month, it, at least in Central Europe, I don't think many people saw this coming. Probably in the Americas, uh, neither. I mean, there were reports, but who took them as seriously as we should have taken them seriously? Probably not too many. So all of a sudden, boom, there it was. Uh, yeah, and here it is. So obviously, rewinding a bit to the show match. While the support was great and the vast majority of comments are very, very good towards this, this initiative, um, there are, of course, a lot of comments from the other side why are you even do the do this this is a gaming channel S don't go into politics you didn't do this for <laughs> anything else anything bad that happened before ah always rough to read this hear about it talk about it i've been Balls deep in this topic in the past 10 weeks, I think. A little bit committing to doom scrolling, but also talking a lot to people in the CS community on both sides and many sides. Is, is there, there's, there's, of course, no black and white here in this topic. There's just a million different shades of gray. And First, I don't know, this topic of stay apolitical, don't get into politics. I think that's from people who don't know us, or at least me, very, very well. I grew up in the punk rock scene, um, obviously, with some bands like Anti-Flag, NoFX, Bad Religion. You get influenced by this quite a bit, uh, the anti-imperialism... Uh, the pacifism, this is my roots. And I think I did also a lot of uh, comments towards social developments and social um, or social injustice, etc. on stream, on Twitter. Uh, we did some stuff before uh, to raise awareness for homeless people or for droughts in Africa, etc., etc. It doesn't really matter. Um, but thinking that we are not political is wrong. And in general, if you break it down, everything is political. Coming from uh, stuff like this to the air you breathe, the water you drink, depending on how environmental friendly... Uh, your government has been in the past hundred years, that is a result of politics. So having anything not political is kind of rough and we don't comment often 
But when it's necessary, we do. I think so. Yeah, for me, it was really, really easy to say, yeah, fuck you, of course we do this. If we can help people, of course we do this. Because there's people that need help and we're in a privileged position where our job is sitting in front of a computer yelling at elves. Then, of course, I get my ass up and try to do something. Um, that was a no-brainer to me. So, as you can see, uh, that is being a political person in general combined with close relationships we built over the past 10 years. So, of course, we are in an interesting position. Um, and especially as a tournament organizer in this day and age, I can't count how many times I got the question, why don't you ban all Russians? Well, maybe because I know that to generalize, quote-unquote, the Russian is wrong. There's many different uh, personalities as just as in your country there is nothing like the russian so i don't want to punish the russian for something that he probably not agrees with or where he's not fine with and then there's the counter argument well they're clearly pro-war because they don't protest guess what even calling this thing a war can get people 15 years of prison. They can get beaten just for holding a white paper at a public space. These guys have families. These guys have friends. These guys have themselves. Just, uh, can't imagine many, many, many are scared to do something. This is not... that easy and especially in the first few weeks with a lot of armchair generalism you know uh, i'm pretty sure in in your countries it's the same joke we all uh became generals after being into viruses for two years there were a lot of people who didn't think about stuff a lot and were just very polemic and chanted some easy things uh, like this bad Russians from everything uh, no flight zone even though they don't even know what a no flight zone is still go yell at it yell at the politicians never a wrong thing rarely a wrong thing in this game you know? uh, notions so then, after you explain how dangerous it is to protest, they go to the next excuse. But I read a poll that they all support the war. Well, in a pretty totalitarian uh, regime, that's the government in Russia. Do you really think 
that the polls aren't rigged? For how many years are we joking about Russian elections that went up to 104% at some point? And to me, pretty obvious that people who oppose the war are obviously the first to leave. We saw reports that uh, people paid $7,000 for a train ticket, for example. Of course, if you're in a position where you're anti what your government is doing and things are getting dangerous, you leave. So, of course, these guys will never be part of any polls, rigged or not. And then how these polls work oftentimes from what I got from different media, from different uh, sources, a lot of them just call you and ask. And if you hang up, you don't vo you don't count. You don't want to say anything against it because, as I mentioned, you're probably scared to say your real opinion. So obviously from these two things alone, and there's a lot more good reasons to think that these polls are not right and don't reflect the real uh, opinion of the Russian civilians. That's just two little examples why you shouldn't trust them. And then the next topic. But in Dota 2 and CSGO, Russians are all banned. We must ban them as well because in the bigger games they do this too. Well, it's a little different. It's not that easy. It's not like no Russian is playing competitive Dota anymore. It's not like no Russian is playing C uh, competitive CSGO anymore. What happened there is that it's all big teams, of course. It's big games. There's big money involved. And big teams are owned by Russian oligarchs and have ties to the Russian government. And that is very different from being an individual Warcraft 3 player who's not representing a team and in 99% of the cases also not really representing his country, except for stuff like Nation League and also this One Belt, One Road initiative for a while uh, or for two years or whatever. But in general... You just play. So there is a difference if you're playing for a company that is directly funded by people who are responsible for this war or if you're just sitting in your flat and want to stormball some people. Some, you know, Warcraft units. I can totally see why eventually it was the right call to not let Russia play as a country in Nations League. Because that's a clear sign. I represent my country, right? And and what my country stands for. It's, of course, a little... Uh, it requires some further thinking, but in general, uh, that's what it represents. So what StarCraft, for example, did... They also have a Nations League. Uh, Russia uh, or R Russian players are able to play as their own team, but it's not called Russia. Uh, I kind of forget how it's called. It's like Team Peace or something, which is kind of a bad name for this, I think. <coughs> but they play with a different flag, etc. Uh, just like it was in, uh, similar to what it was in the Olympics. 
would have loved to see something similar in Warcraft as well, but the discussion was quite quick and also heated. So, from this, and what I just explained, that's just, as I said, there's so much more to this topic. I can't cover everything in one hour of a podcast, and I am... As I said, an uneducated guy who just read a lot of stuff and is trying to see things um, from as many different perspectives as possible. So that's in very short, and this already took like 20 minutes, in very short, the reason why I'm not against Russians participating in tournaments. I am also very against Russophobia. In chats, for example. If you generalize Russians, you are not doing the community a favor at all when you're hating people based on their nationality or want to exclude people based on their nationality. Then you should really, really rethink your attitude, in my opinion. That being said, and I hope this came across well, um, if I used some incentive language or words or whatever, uh, sorry, it wasn't on purpose. Still, now the other side. There is idiots that come to chat and do a crazy amount of warmongering, um, trying to troll about the situation, making fun about the situation, belittling the situation, uh, create some weird whataboutism, which never leads to anything, and it's oftentimes a dog whistle, show support for this invasion, spamming zads in the chat, you will get kicked and you will get banned. I'm very sorry. I I understand everybody who's afraid of their well-being and their lives not protesting. If you show any sign of open support, this is not the place to be for you then. Then we don't share the same values, unfortunately. And that will not be tolerated. That unfortunately was the case for some players who very early on um, supported the invasion of Ukraine. And this goes for every single viewer. I don't even know if it's Russian viewers uh, trying to be political in the chat or if it's just trolls. If you have nothing better to do with your life than pretending to be a Russian supporting this, come on, dude. That's so sad. And that, of course, throws a shade onto all uh, peaceful Russians that feel oppressed right now. Fucked up situation. Totally fucked up situation. And yeah, somewhere in between, some people are just trying to play a video game, earning some monies and having fun with it. Ugh...
this will probably lead to a lot of follow-up comments and questions. And in particular, uh, the Johnny Cage case should be discussed in more detail. Uh, probably next episode then, because there is more to say about that. But I think for a, for a start into this topic now for half an hour, this was kind of fine um, from a summary perspective. So I hope you understand now why I do what I do and what my perspective is and that I have zero tolerance for generalizing and hating Russians, same as supporting the war and anything that has to go with it. Any other of the pain and terror and suffering that goes with it. And I hope that's somehow understandable. And I hope I chose the right words, but I'm never really sure. I was a little prepared, but then gets lost in the thought. Especially when three months ago you thought very, very differently about life and politics and whatever. Anyway, I think that's it. That is why we don't ban Russians and how we act, uh, why we act like we act. Um, tomorrow, or this, this week, the content for this week, uh, we're gonna have the Hive Workshop Cup finals, of course, those finals were delayed, it was Happy versus Foggy, Foggy then, uh, of course, had to move to a different country, and this was all a little delayed, but now it will be played on the new maps we had in the Hive Workshop Cup, we also have... Of course, ESL Meisterschaft Finals, you should all tune in because it's the last big league in Central Europe that still supports Warcraft and every single click helps uh, to continue the support. There's also going to be qualifiers and the relegation for the upcoming fall season of Meisterschaft. And then there's show matches. We really hope we can cast them because, of course, Faith decided that the one weekend we are on the way, as we are in Berlin for Meisterschaft, there's Happy versus Infi and the winner plays TH. So our current plan is to have Carson cast at 4am from Western Canada. And then, yeah, as we can't, Remo and I can't do it, we're on the road. But yeah, um, looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to seeing the boys I hope after a light-hearted start and an interesting start, this wasn't too deep and dark and it didn't rile you up. I hope you just can understand me better. That's it for this week's podcast. It was an hour and 11 minutes. That's a good way. Uh, to stop. Shout out to all the supporters of this project. Back to Warcraft is here to stay. If you want us to stay, uh, Holy Energy is our new sponsor since this month. If you're looking for an alternate alternative to, I don't know, coffee and regular energy drinks, this is for you, especially if you're in Germany, Austria, and Swiss. 
then of course Corsair is with us for over a year and we are grateful for that. For both companies goes, if you use the coupon code back to Warcraft, you get a 10% discount. We get a little bit of ref share, but you can also support us with your comments, with your likes, uh, with any interaction to our content. This social world is built on algorithms and the more you interact with us, the more uh, reach we create. This podcast episode, probably a lot of comments, which I will probably uh, delete 50% of because not, not because people are disagreeing with me, but because the way opinions are oftentimes voiced at sensitive topics. I am very, very open um, to other opinions. I will read everything, even though your stuff gets deleted for the way you phrased it. It will end up in my brain and will be somewhat processed. Yeah, just, you know, have a little decency and behave and then at least our little microcosmos can, for the time being, coexist. Thank you for listening. See you next week.